I'm Hannah. I'm Amy. I'm Nikki. And I'm Karina. So you just heard. Uh, uh, our guest today is uh, Karina Ice. Um, Karina, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, well, my name is Karina. I work at Voice of America with Nikki. And I am from Malaysia and the U.S. So my mother is from Malaysia. I was born there. And my dad is American. And so today I'll be talking about Malaysia. when I was an infant pretty much um, but my dad used to work for the UN so we moved around a lot and so I grew up in a sort of variety of different places um, so after I was born um, my family moved to Pakistan to Peshawar Pakistan and then after that we moved to France and then to Kenya and then to Switzerland and then to the US so <laughs> Which country did you live in the longest? I guess before um, the United States. Yeah, it was Switzerland. And so when we lived in France, it was very near to Switzerland. It was just over the border, though. And so we were in, I guess, like the Geneva area for um, nine years total. So it was two separate times. There was five years when I was younger and then four years later. I mean, since you lived in all of these countries, I'm sure you have different experiences with people and, and, yeah. and how they kind of interact with you. As and Could you give us a story of a time where being Malaysian or being, uh, like, Asian-American, um, like, kind of influenced the situation or somehow played a part, in it, whether negative or positive? Um, well, just in general, I do not speak any... I guess, Asian languages, um, because my dad's American. We always spoke English at home, and Malaysia's a former British colony, so my mom spoke English from birth, pretty much. It was one of her first languages, and so we just always communicated at home in English. And so the only Chinese words I know are swear words, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but I am definitely approached by people who see that I am, you know, at least part Asian and will try and speak to me in a variety of languages. Um, so I used to work at a Korean restaurant for a bit, and I would get people that would see me and just assume that I spoke Korean, but I didn't. Um, or if I'm in a place with, like, a lot of Chinese students or something, people would be talking to me in Chinese, and I do not know Chinese. Um, I've been approached by people just... Basically, they're seeking out conversation buddies for their, you know, intro Japanese class, and Looking I am not for help- a body to talk to. Exactly, I'm not really helpful in those cases because the main language that I speak otherwise is French. sort of flash round where okay. we're going to ask you a series of questions and we'll go back to them but for now you can just say yes or no or okay whatever short answer <laughs> the question requires and they're very silly basic questions of how we initially see malaysia yeah 
All right, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Bring it. Do you really eat durian fruit? Yes, and I love it. You aren't disturbed by the pungent smell? No, because I grew up with it, oh. and so I can only just smell durian. Okay. Um, is everyone in Malaysia Muslim? No. Uh, do Malaysians eat a ton of fish? Yeah, I'd say so. All right, so when I picture Malaysia, I picture jungle, 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 Kuala Lumpur, more jungle. <laughs> is that accurate? Um, <laughs> I have not visited tons and tons of places in Malaysia, but it is, there is a lot of jungle. All right. Okay, Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. Oh, this is the one that disappeared <laughs> as opposed to Big the one yeah. that got shot down. Is it considered a national tragedy, or in my view, did the plane disappear onto the same island in the show Lost? <laughs> um, so Is that a yes or no question? <laughs> Is it a national tragedy? Was it a national tragedy? Um, I think it generally was considered a national tragedy, with the caveat of me not having been there, like been in the country, um, at the time that it happened. Fair. So limited exposure to in-country reactions. And I'll let you off the hook for the lost part. <laughs> right. um, tsunamis, monsoons, is that a thing that happens all um, the time? <laughs> not really. Okay. And the king of Malaysia, is he, at, is he as known as the queen of England? Like within the country? Because <laughs> definitely not outside the country. Wait, I want to know more about durian fruit. Oh yeah, let's go. Yes, okay, now we can like work our way through them. Yeah. Um, so durian... Um, can you explain what it looks like and smells like? So on the outside, it is green and extremely spiky. Um, it's extremely sharp. And you sort of have to handle it carefully. And they grow on these trees that are, like, extremely tall. And when they're ripe, they just fall. And so, um, like... Seems like a hazard. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, I feel like it would be very dangerous to be um, just walking around durian trees in, in season. Um, but they actually, from what I've seen, at least, like, photos and so on, they'll set up, like, nets to catch mm. them. Um, but... You can buy them everywhere. It's known as, like in Malaysia, as the king of the fruits. And so um, I grew up eating them. And so to me, when I smell durian, it just smells like durian. I don't have any different associations of, I know people. It's not a bad smell, good smell type of thing. What is it? What do people say it smells like? People say it smells like rotten onions oh. or like hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've heard all sorts of comparisons, um, and it usually just boils down to like it smells like a dumpster. <laughs> but yeah, I do not agree with that. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> hey, again, guys it could have it on the whole thirty. So yeah. <laughs> again, I just smell durian, so I. And just I grew up with it, and so. Do you like scoop it out and eat it, or is it like an orange, or like um, what's so, like the texture like? Right, I, I don't know. Yeah, about this so it's right. got a pretty soft texture. It's it's, I would say the consistency is almost 
custard-like, and it's around the seed. (laughs) Yum. (laughs) It's really good. Um, And it's around this big seed, and so you you cut open the fruit, and you'll usually cut into the top and pry it open, and it's in these different, like, segments inside the fruit. And um, there's usually, like, two, like, one to three seeds per pod section, I guess. And then you just, you know, take them out and eat it with your hands. And sometimes it does get very soft, like when it's very ripe and everything, and that's when it's best. Um, And so it can sometimes be kind of messy to handle because it is so soft. So going back to um, is is everyone in Malaysia Muslim? Uh, Can you give some more background on that? I would say... 50 to 60% of the population is what's considered like ethnic Malay and they are all Muslim. To be considered part of the word for like the population of people that are Malay is Bumiputra and so the Bumiputra have to be Muslim and so anyone who is descended from the indigenous people or something that is not Muslim for, you know, whatever reason, um, would not be considered Malay. So they would be Malaysian, they would have Malaysian nationality, Mm -hmm. but they would not be Malay. Um, But then there's also about 25 to 30% of the population that is of Chinese descent. And so my mom is one of those people. Um, Most of those people are Christian. Um, And then about... 7% of the population is of Indian descent. And so, I mean, there's lots of different religions in India, but I would say I am pretty sure the majority of the Indian population is Hindu. So a lot of, like, strife between the groups, I'm guessing probably, like, most places. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, according to (laughs) uh, the BBC, um, the majority... Uh, Muslim ethnic Malay are dominant politically, but there is a large ethnic Chinese minority which holds economic power, and they exist in relative harmony. Um, yeah, how, how which is really interesting that. that that would occur. Difficult to occur. You would think that yeah. would, that wouldn't be the case. Well, I I wouldn't say there's necessarily active you know strife or anything, but. There's definitely tension that exists, and it does partially have to do with um, the Chinese minority sort of being, like, economically, like, disproportionately economically well-off. And I think that dates back to, um, like, it being a British colony, and uh, the British occupiers tended to favor, I think, the Chinese and so they sort of got more, like, economic opportunities. Um, but then I think it was sometime in the 60s um, there was definitely, like, some violent clashes, and it led to um, a, basically an affirmative action program to favor Malays. Hmm. And so they, you know, for example, businesses had to be, I think, 30% owned by Malays, and so a lot of people had to, you know, sell stock to Malays. Um, And even in things like schooling, you know, there were quotas and so on that had to be met 
by malaise. And so it wasn't exactly like merit based because they had to fill all these quotas. And there were a lot of different things that were basically done to favor the like ethnic malaise. Um, so I don't think all of those are necessarily still around, um, but a lot of them are. And so I know that there's definitely some... The pro... the Yeah, the affirmative action yeah. types of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that there's definitely some tension there because a lot of the minorities, which are still a pretty sizable part of the population, um, they feel sort of put out by the society. Well, I mean, beyond just, like, the conflicts around... Not conflicts, I guess, but, like, things that happen around religion and, and politics and stuff. There's um, a, Malaysia has some of the toughest censorship laws in the world, according to um, BBC. And so, I mean, do you, is that because of the government? Do you know, like, what that, I mean, that's a really interesting, is that, does that have to do with, like, a very conservative base? Um, it does have to do with the government, and it has to do just with the fact that Malaysia is, like, it's a Muslim country, but on top of that, it, in some ways, it, there's been a debate, but it definitely has elements of being, like, an Islamist society, where there mm-hmm. are definitely laws that are based around, like, like, Islam specifically, and so they do a lot of, they basically, I keep on hearing about, you know, concerts being canceled or so on because Mm -hmm. the person that's putting on the concert is too sexy and it's seen as, like, un-Islamic, I guess, Mm -hmm. and that's the reasoning that the government gives, and it can be sort of silly things like that. I I mean, and I read, because I did a bit of research on Malaysia, because literally I knew nothing about Malaysia other than, like, the Malaysian Airlines thing. (laughs) Um, And um, one of the first things that came up was about the, like, super corrupt prime. No, we got to talk about that. Minister, yeah. Not the minister, the flight. flight. Oh, the flight. This is, oh. yes. This is true. You can't overlook this. Is, this. There's some questions How dare here. the prime minister Hannity's, be talked about Hannity's when the Malaysian... To talk about something. <laughs> All right. I just, and may you know, obviously your family doesn't live there now, so maybe it's probably different. Maybe, or the, it's hard to say from your perspective more, but, I mean, do, do people feel like the government kind of messed up? Do they feel like Malaysia Airlines messed up? I mean, who's at fault here? You know, like, who do they Give see the as... Give us the lowdown <laughs> as, as a Malaysian. Right. Person. What happened? Can you tell us? Where's the plane? That's Where did it go? Wait, That's I a wa- Malaysian secret. I want to know... It's a country Does your mother secret. have a conspiracy theory about this? Or yeah. any sort um, of theory? Because my right, mother, I have a conspiracy theory. My mother does not have a conspiracy theory, which is unusual because I feel like that's very on brand for her to <laughs> be thinking that there's something. And I, I do still have... Uh, most of her family is still in Malaysia. So I have aunts and uncles there and cousins. Um, so I unfortunately don't have any hot takes from inside the <gasps> country. Oh, no. So we'll okay. never know. We will never, <laughs> never know. know. The mystery remains. What, what is your conspiracy? 
theory, Hannah. Oh, I just really genuinely think that the plane disappeared and is on the same island that Lost was filmed on. Mm -hmm. Or took place on. So then back to the Prime Minister. Back to important (laughs) things. Um, Well, I mean, so apparently he's like this really, um, this figure that is known as being very corrupt. He apparently was being investigated for transferring almost $700 million from a state-controlled investment fund. And that's like still a big deal. Um, And that like he is using like tons of means to protect his um position like when there are people calling for his resignation which i guess goes back to kind of a bit of the press freedom thing Mm -hmm. so i mean i just like i don't think people typically think of malaysia as a country that has like a lot of political turmoil yeah it's just kind of another one of those countries that exists you yeah you in our minds Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't normally like hear about it. As Sometimes I think it's the same thing as Indonesia. And like the one thing <laughs> yeah. that you do hear about is like the economics of like just countries in that region. Yeah. Like, Singapore doing very well, and like Malaysia being. So I mean, I'm, I I don't know. I, just your take on I don't know. Is this something that Malaysians are like super concerned about? Or um, again, based on my relatives' Facebook posts, um, politics is definitely a big issue. Um, I know that even the last time I visited, you know, people would be talking politics a lot and um, at least my relatives always in a very frustrated manner. Um, (laughs) I don't particularly recall the specifics or what they were talking about. There were definitely, my mom would sometimes joke about like, oh, like, don't say this sort of thing in public or, like, don't repeat this in public because... And I'm not entirely sure how serious she was about that sort of, like, freedom of speech type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It was... But just the fact that I feel like the joke existed is a little telling. Um, Of, like, don't say this in public. Like, I'll tell you this. Otherwise it'll get back to the government and then... Wow, and then they find you. That's not a. It's not a good sign. Yeah, and yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't serious. Like she wasn't. Right. She wasn't earnest about it. Mm -hmm. But underneath the joke, there's yeah, the fact that the joke existed at all. You know, it. It's a little telling that there was obviously at least some underlying anxiety about free speech and Mm -hmm. the ability to criticize the political system or the people in power yeah that's fair yeah so another issue are are we done with that okay um another issue that comes up when you google malaysia um is that what we did (laughs) yeah it's it's not widely known things about it Uh, but that there's a lot of environmental issues there's air pollution from industrial and vehicular emissions, there's water pollution from raw sewage, uh, there's deforestation, and... A lot of deforestation, apparently. And you were talking about, like, the jungle. I was oh, right, 80, it. according to... The CIA World Factbook. There's no, over 80... I'm not this sure. This is Wikipedia. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> according to Wikipedia, over 80% of Sarawak rainforest, mm-hmm. if I'm saying that correctly, um, it has been cleared. So, do you know anything about, or do you have any feelings about this, or have you witnessed this firsthand? Um, I have not witnessed it firsthand, necessarily. Um, Sarawak is on the, it's in Malaysian Borneo, so it's in 
um, like East Malaysia, I guess. So, mm-hmm. um, and I have not been to any part of like Malaysian Borneo. So, like geographically, Malaysia is on both the peninsula that Thailand yes. is Fact. also on with Singapore, yeah. but then also a bit a fair amount is yeah. on. Borneo, which is this island that also Indonesia is Indonesia also? and Brunei. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, Malaysian Borneo is actually like a larger like land area than peninsular Malaysia. Um, but it has, I think, only 20% of the population. So it's much less densely inhabited. Um, and that's also where a lot of the natural resources are basically centered so um i would assume that most of the deforestation is related to trying to you know benefit from the natural resources there and just sort of raising forests to the ground to you know for lumber or so on but Mm -hmm. um i mean i know even driving around peninsular malaysia there's um they they do a lot of palm plantations, so there's lots of like like palm trees and so on that are short. They're not like the really tall ones, um, but they do it for like palm oil and so on. And so, um, I think it's I think it's basically another case of you know a country that is rich in natural resources that is also trying to make it in the global economy, you know. Yeah. So they're just it's exploiting all of exploiting all of the natural resources they can, sort of not considering the econ- or the um, environmental impact of it long term. So as far as so going back to like one of our um, flash questions or whatever we call it um, is that fishing or eating fish right mm-hmm. is a really um, popular thing. Yeah. It's um, right by virtue of being like a part of the peninsula like surrounded by water yeah it's part mm-hmm. of the culture so i would assume that this water pollution is probably taking a toll on the fishing industry um, i'm sure you don't know anything about that because like <laughs> why you would do but it's just i would assume that it would be yeah I, yeah i think it's like an issue in like most countries that mm-hmm. deal with a lot of seafood and so on how much is like malaysian cuisine centered around seafood um, it, it is like, regional. Is, I have no idea what Malaysian yeah. food is. No clue. Um, Malaysian food is sort of like a combination, partially because of the population, you know, lots of Chinese, lots of Indians, um, but then also the indigenous Malays that are there. Um, so it's it's sort of similar to Thai food. I would say it's um, it's got more like Indian influence, um, but it's also got a lot of Chinese influence. So um, there's this one really popular um, Malaysian dish. It's, it's like the national dish of Malaysia, and it's called uh, nasi lemak. And it's like rice with curry and peanuts and like like little anchovies. And like it's just sort of all served like on a plate. And um, they have... Sambal, which is, I'm trying to think of, I would say it's sort of a condiment a little bit, but it's usually, it's like a sauce, basically. I think 
sambal translates to sauce or something similar. And What's if I'm wrong of? about that, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, wide audience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're different. They're different sambals. Going back to what, like, what is it made of? There are different ones. So there's. Um, like a popular one that's made with this sort of like shrimp paste and there are little like dried anchovies in it. Um, and then there are other ones that have like lemongrass and other things. It's, they're usually spicy. Is, is most of the food spicy or? Yeah, I would okay. say a lot of it is. There's, I mean, especially some of the stuff that's more Chinese influenced may not be very spicy, but. Like the Thai influence and Indian influence. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of spicy food. Um, there's something like your parents make a lot at home. Oh yeah, or something like what's yeah. your favorite? Oh, yeah, your mom's. Dish. What is it? Pineapple curry. Yeah, my mom makes a pineapple curry that I have fairly successfully recreated, I think. Um, <laughs> but she also makes. Um, I mean, she makes Indian dishes at home as well, so she'll make like lamb vindaloo and so on. But um, there is one Malaysian dish called like beef rendang. And it's, like, beef that has been sort of stewed in a thick curry sauce for a very long time. And it's sort of got a similar flavor profile as, like, a lot of Indian food. But it's got, like, coconut milk in it. And um, it's just very fragrant and, like, very tender. And so she'll make that once in a while. But that's also a pretty popular Malaysian dish. Are there, like, Malaysian restaurants around here? Um, there is one. There's Where? There's one in Rockville, um, and it's called Penang, um, which is, like, a city in Malaysia. And, oh, the um, other town that is not Kuala Lumpur around all the jungle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Penang is, so a, uh, is, like, a sort of, like, beach. It's, like, by the, right by the coast, and so... Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the restaurant is called Penang, and I have been once, and it was very good, and yeah, I mean, it has pretty decent food. I don't know of many other, I know of one that's closer to Baltimore, and it's sort of mixed, like, like Chinese and Japanese food as well, and then they just sort of have like a small Malaysian side menu. Just to clarify, is brought to you by, well, no one at the moment, but if you'd like to sponsor us, please email us at justtoclarifypodcast at gmail.com. So are there, I mean, do you know of a, like, Malaysian community in this area, or, or is there an area, maybe because your mom lives in Michigan... Is there is there a bigger population of Malaysians there, or like what what are Mal- where are Malaysians? Yeah. <laughs> Did where you find any exist? to connect with? Um, I actually don't. I don't know of any particular community in the DC area, but I also haven't particularly tried to find one. Um, my mom definitely has a community of Malaysians and Singaporeans in the Ann Arbor, Michigan area. Um, I don't know that it's a particularly like large community for the u.s but it's just you know people that would meet each other and be like oh like you're from singapore i'm from malaysia and you know once in a while they'll you know make have potlucks or go get food or something and so 
it's sort of a group of probably about like 15 or 20 people oh that's a decent amount yeah that like you know are on some email list together (laughs) yeah i mean how much do your parents try to stay connected to that part of their life um that part of their culture i should say yeah, because how long was your, did your mom grow up in Malaysia? Cause yeah, she... yeah, my mom grew up in Malaysia, and um, she and my dad met there, because my dad was working there, and um, so they got married there, and they lived there for the first, I think, two years of their marriage before my dad got another job, and then they moved to Pakistan, and so on, so... Um, so my mom stays in contact with her family. I mean, like, we email each other and so on. But she doesn't necessarily particularly try to stay involved with, like, other Malaysians. Like, she sort of happened upon this group and she was fine with it. But I don't think she particularly seeks them out. And when we've lived in other places, you know, growing up, um, you know, she would... Like, a lot of her friends growing up were, like, East or Southeast Asian. Um, Japanese, specifically. There, I remember her having, like, a lot of Japanese friends. She had a couple Thai. But I think there's not necessarily a massive, like, Malaysian community in any of the places that we've lived for her to try and, like, stay connected to them. And so. how often do you go back to Malaysia? Is it something you know you try to do yearly or or is it just once in a while it's uh once every very rarely (laughs) when was the last time you were there um i was there in 2007 so yeah it's been 10 years so when i was younger we went back more often um like i was there for my first birthday um i was there when i was like four and eight and um yeah we went back more regularly when I was younger, but um, I think it's a very long trip, and it's also very expensive, Mm -hmm. and so the last time we went, it was, I think, like a 30-hour one-way trip. Fun. That's long. Yeah. (laughs) So we, yeah, we traveled, and so this is leaving from Michigan, so we traveled, like, Detroit to L.A. We had, like, a five-hour layover. We traveled L.A. to Taipei. And then had, like, another five-hour layover, and then it was, like, another five-hour flight from Taipei to Kuala Lumpur. And so it's really long, and it's really expensive, and my mom is pretty no-nonsense. And so for her, it's just not worth it. And she, I think, also does not have the same interest in going back as I do. I would love to go back, and I think it would be a lot of fun, but for her, she's sort of like, oh, it's hot. Like <laughs> She knows it well enough to, yeah. Know, like, to not be, like mystified or romanticized yeah so for her there's not like a huge amount of interest in going back regularly um and while i would love to go back it is very expensive Thank you.
going to move on to our headlines portion where I'll read you a few headlines from recent days. Um, <laughs> news headlines, obviously. And you will kind of explain whether or not you think that's kind of a good representation of what you know about the country and an outside perspective of the country. And this is at the end. So just, like, listen to them all, okay. take it all yeah. in, and then at the end. Like, if you have any questions, okay. we'll yeah. try to get more information about and the then, article. Right. And then which one really, like, speaks the most mm. to, like, what the country is like. Yeah. All right. Number one, Malaysia to open embassy in the Vatican. Two, Malaysia seizes African pangolin scales worth $2.1 million. Three, almost 87% of French in Malaysia voted for Macron. Oh, I was like, I don't know how that's possible. Oh, I'm sorry. Also, the first article was Channel News Asia, second, ABC News, third, The Star. Okay, and then the next one from Noisy Vice. Oh, just Vice. Malaysia's opposition parties are in total chaos because of Selena Gomez. (laughs) And then the last one from Reuters. After facing down scandal, Malaysia's Najib vulnerable on rising costs. Hmm. Is, is this accurate? So this is all I knew about Malaysia. Like, (laughs) um, the first one is the main one that really surprises me about the embassy opening. And that was the first one, right? The embassy opening in the Vatican, just because Malaysia is like just such a heavily Muslim country. Yeah. Um, Are the Christians in Malaysia, um, Catholic? A lot of them, yeah. So my mom grew up Catholic, and she went to, like, a convent school and all that. But I think... i to get a percentage for you, Nikki. Yeah. I think with a lot of, like, Christianity in general, there is, like, declining Catholicism versus Protestantism, though. Oh, it just says 9.2% Christian. Never mind. That doesn't answer the question. But, but, I mean, that's probably because of colonialism. Yeah. Yeah. French. Oh, this this says, so reading the article from Channel News Asia, it says that this um, the prime minister uh, visited the city, and then that this is, they want to make um, clear that it's concept of moderation under the global movement of moderates. Um, they're trying to, like, promote tolerance, understanding, and respect, and rejecting mm. extremism. So that's some of the reason why they did Hmm. Like that's interesting, yeah. Like extreme Islam. I, it doesn't say that, but it does say extremism, so it makes it makes you wonder. I would guess it was like, like, Islamist extremism. Yeah, yeah. I would assume because they have had some issues yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few attacks in recent years, um, and even last year. So yeah. So. But overall, I feel like those headlines were about what I expected. Really? Even, I feel like there was especially a the one about headline. Selena Gomez. Really? Yes, Why? Tell me more. Um, you know, I actually don't know specifically what happened, but I have a feeling it was probably that like she was going to have a concert there. Yeah, I think that's what it was. They canceled like it because it, she's too sexy. Yep. And they don't want concerns that Gomez's quote sexy image would quote further stroke the hedonistic culture. Among the country's youths. Wow. Yeah. So that that one especially seems very Malaysia-like, I guess. Because huh. I've heard a variety. Like, I, I know, like, 
Kesha had her concert canceled and um Kesha there's yeah, nothing Beyonce, controversial about Kesha I know Beyonce did not have her concert canceled but she canceled them herself mm. because I think of concerns of protests because again so sexy and again mm. this is the religious aspect of the country I would assume right yeah yeah and there's like there's a separate like legal system if you're not completely different, but there's, like, an offshoot of the legal system that applies if you're, like, Muslim versus not. And, um, like, it's very easy to convert to Islam, but it's almost impossible and sometimes illegal, depending on what state you're in, um, to convert from Islam. Um, hmm. I know, it. I mean, it's never been an issue for anyone like in my family because we're not muslim but i've heard that if you are like a couple checking into a hotel room and you are muslim you will be required to show your marriage like your marriage license to prove that you're not like an unmarried couple sharing a room so not an issue for non-muslims but you know for muslims it definitely is like very conservative in in ways like that and i think even for marriage um if you get married to somebody who is um muslim you have to convert for it for like the marriage to be legal um but there's obviously no such thing existing for the other way around so i can see why you would think that like the first headline opening an embassy in the Vatican would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there are just two sets of laws. It's, yeah, it's exactly Because yeah. it is considered a secular state, though, like, despite I, there being a lot of things around it. I think I read mm, that it was... I don't... I think there's a lot of debate as to whether it's considered a secular state because um, I remember just basically a discussion about whether it is... Like, it's definitely a Muslim country, but, like, is it an islamist country where like the laws are based around like Mm -hmm. like an actual like legal system of islam and in some ways it is but then in other ways it's not so it's sort of i feel this weird middle ground yeah i mean that makes sense for if there's that large of a population of people that are muslim that the system would like adopt a lot of like even if it was a a secular government that it would adopt a lot of like like the big because it america is is like that we're just Mm -hmm. based off of christian law yeah you know Mm -hmm. so much is based off of that yeah yeah even though we're church and state separate whatever but still like there's stuff that influences yeah and if you do try to create yeah but i think it is one of those things that's sort of being debated in i guess political science circles of like trying to define where it falls because like yeah part of the judicial system is you know they call them like like a like Syria courts where you can go to have you know sort of family issues like it's sort of like the family court sort of thing for Muslims and I mean they can you know give you jail time and you know fine you and so on it's still a fully functional part of the legal system but Mm -hmm. it's just exclusive to like the muslims in the country
that we're going to give you some facts about them and to see if you can guess who they are. So I'm going to start with the first two. Um, you're okay. like looking in my direction. I'm sorry. <laughs> How dare I'm you? sorry for having eyes. <laughs> Don't look. No peeking. So, okay, this first person was born in, I'm going to butcher the name of this country, or of this uh, area of Malaysia. It's um, a Penang. 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 Um, into a family of shoemakers. And his father taught him how to make shoes. And uh, it is often reported that he made his first shoe when he was 11 years old. Who is this person? Who is this person? Good God. You don't know? Uh, Giorgio Armani. I don't (laughs) know. No, but close. What? Jimmy Choo. Oh, really? Is Malaysian. Huh. I was very surprised no at this idea. and, like, nearly accidentally told you the other day at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's that. actually pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, so I can never 100%. afford a pair, but, like, right. maybe one day if I see somebody mm-hmm. wearing mm-hmm. a pair of Jimmy Choo's, I can be yeah. like, those are mine. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, because I am Malaysian. Yeah. <laughs> you give, must give, give them, them to me. me. <laughs> okay. Um, the second person is a Malaysian singer-songwriter and businesswoman. Uh, she was born and raised in Kedah and Selangor. Selangor? Did I actually get that? Nice. Um, and on. she began writing songs at age 14. So I only know one Malaysian like singer songwriter, I guess. Uh-huh. And is it Yuna? It oh, is Yuna. Ding ding ding! Yes. Yeah. And Yuna is wonderful. Yay. I saw her live. Ooh. Yeah. How was when that? I was like my person. I I sort of was. Um, and the crowd. <laughs> where, where were you and when was when was this so this well? was twenty fourteen maybe maybe late twenty thirteen, um, and it was when I was in grad school in Pittsburgh and she was playing. Um, she was playing at a venue in Pittsburgh, and it wasn't a massive place. It was a place called the Altar Bar. And um, so me and my roommate went to go see her, and we were right up front. Um, nice. Yeah, the, awesome. the audience was definitely disproportionately, like, Malaysian. <laughs> um, you didn't know where the Malaysians were. Yeah. That's where they were that yeah. day. <laughs> um, and so I got to see her, and she was really great and super cute, and I really like her music, so she's great. Is she like a pop singer? Um, you don't know who you is. So her older stuff is more like indie, sort of. Um, I guess just sort of like acoustic indie, um, and a lot of her more recent stuff is more like R and B. I mean, I she's guess. fairly. She's. I think I, she's fairly popular. The name sounds yeah. very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So like pop R and B, but like yeah. there's a, there's definitely a lot more R and B elements she in has her a music song with now. Usher. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So she's. She's well-known. Big deal. But yeah. We'll just play like a second. Okay, so the next person. Uh, She is best known for performing her own stunts in the Hong Kong action films that brought her to fame in in the early 90s. Born in Ipoh, Malaysia. Ipoh. 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 That's where my mother lives. (laughs) All right, there we go. Um, So she was in the 1997 James Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies, playing Wei Lin. And she is credited... Oh, well, I can't say this clue because her name is in the clue. 
No, it's name. not. I mean, the part it's, of it's the pretty name. close. The first okay. name is in the She quote. had an alias in some other movies. That's not oh, very unhelpful. <laughs> to, oh, like, goodness. make her marketable you know, to Western I feel audiences like, or something. I feel like... Who is she? I feel like I would recognize this name if I heard it. But I do not know. And for... That's fair. Yeah. It's like, this sounds vaguely familiar, especially I feel like I would have seen something about this person being Malaysian and been like, oh, that's cool, but not really retained the name. Right. Well, her name is Michelle. Do you, do you know her do you last know the name? No, but I was going to guess. I was like, Shoe I don't know why I have Kane. it in my, I was like, I don't know why I have it in my mind, but maybe is it Michelle something or other? And I didn't say it. <laughs> I, I didn't say it, but I should have. All right. Um, yeah, can you pronounce it? I, I don't want to try. Let's just spell it. Michelle K.O. Chu King. That's not right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, here. It could be similar. Michelle Yo Chu Kang? Chu Kang? Chu Kang? She was credited as Michelle Khan in some of her films. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think she's just known as Michelle Yo, though. Mm. Oh. I think, okay. like, I think, yeah. Hmm. I feel like I just have seen her name as Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Damn it, I was going to say Michelle something or other, and That's I didn't, okay. you but I should have. It was in my mind. You have, okay, you have one more chance. Okay. Are you ready? This is a Malaysian fashion designer. Oh. His talents have earned him many faithful clients among Malaysia's elite, most notably the royal families of Malaysia and Brunei. That's how you say As well as two former Miss Universe. He used to be known as Malaysia's Prince of Fashion, but now is being hailed as Malaysia's King of Fashion. Oh, man. Who is it? Oh, I know so little about fashion. (laughs) (laughs) I am unfortunately, I have even less idea. Like, at least I had some sort of idea for Michelle Yeoh. I was like, man, I got something. I have nothing for this one. This is Bernard Chandron. Yeah, apparently he's like a big (laughs) He's the King of Fashion. I no, I will take you, I will take your word design. for it. You know, I'm I'm sure it's one of those things where, you know, if I lived in Malaysia or if I right. visited much more often, I would have a better sense of, you know, who's sort of the big names there, but it's been a while. So, yeah. So, we like to wrap up with um anything that as our podcast name um, talks about anything that you would like to clarify about being is that Malaysian, what our podcast being is called? Something just <laughs> to clarify. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, anything about being Malaysian, being Asian American, that I don't know that you would like to clarify about. Um, well, I feel like there aren't a lot of stereotypes that people have about Malaysia just because they don't know very much about it. That's fair. Um, my mom definitely capitalizes on that by acting weird and then blaming it on, blaming it on her being Malaysian. Because she was like, these people don't know any better. All Malaysians could be like this. Right. Um, but I guess the main thing that I would leave you with is that Malaysian food is so good. So if you ever get an opportunity to go to a Malaysian restaurant or just any restaurant that has Malaysian, you know, a small Malaysian menu part of it, uh, definitely go for it, because it's the bomb. So what you're saying is you're treating us to Malaysian food. Cool. Thanks, Karina. <laughs> Bye. Mom, about that? <laughs> and now we should try that weird fruit. 
Oh, durian. Have you found durian here? Duri- they do sell durian at the Asian stores here. Um, they are Thai durian, and they are not super good mm. because the whole process involved to like ship them. Um, oh, they're not as they're not yeah. as flavorful. Mm. They don't get quite as ripe. Um, they're sort of tasteless. So you guys might actually like it a little more <laughs> than if they were right. quite as pungent because as they normally are. Because but, it's bland. But I know that whenever my mom and I, you know, decide to get one, it's always a little bit disappointing afterwards. So. Aww. It's just not as good as when it's like on a roadside and <laughs> you're cutting, you know, some person's cutting it open with a machete. <laughs> it does you know, it adds to the experience, you know? Yeah, exactly. Thank you to Katie Jane Fisher for our wonderful cover art. Check her out on Instagram at der.fisch underscore. Thank you to Miguel Amaya for all of the audio equipment and technical expertise. And to you if you made it to the very end. Follow us on Twitter at JTC Podcast or go to our website, justtoclarifypodcast.com. And don't forget to rate us, review us on iTunes. <laughs>